Hello everyone, uh, welcome to another weekly episode of Limitless Podcast, a place where we bring together global leaders in sales and marketing. My name is Sanjana and I'm the host of Limitless Podcast. Today we are speaking with Albert, uh, he's the founder of Healthcare Heroes. Uh, so Albert is a healthcare consultant with 18 years of experience in the healthcare industry and he's also a best-selling author of a book on healthcare sales called Checkmate. Hey Albert, welcome to Limitless. Thank you Sanjana. So glad to have you here. Um, thank you so much for joining in today, Albert. Yeah, looking forward to sharing some of my experiences and hopefully help your listeners out. Sure. Uh, and the topic for today is how to win the sales game in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, the healthcare industry has undergone, you know, rapid evolution uh, over the past decade. And of course, the, the technology being used in healthcare is changing every single year, right? So. In order to thrive selling in the healthcare industry, uh, you need to be on top of your game at all times. So uh, Albert is here to shed light on the best practices to sales success in today's healthcare industry. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm sure this episode is going to be thoroughly insightful. So let's get started. Mm -hmm. So uh, Albert, can we get started with just a brief introduction about your career journey and where did the idea for the healthcare heroes come from? Sure. Thank you, Sanjana. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I always still say that I'm still a registered nurse and that was sort of my, my first true passion. And the reason why I got into nursing was, you know, I want to help patients, right? And um, after doing that for several years, I realized that I want to make a, a bigger difference and impact. And a friend of mine said, oh, let's start up a medical device business, uh, CPAP machines. Yeah. Um, and so he said, you know, let's start a business. He needed a registered nurse to sort of be on staff. Um, and to serve as the director of care. So pretty soon, within about a year or two, I was taking care of over 500 patients and overseeing their care. And, and like I don't, I didn't actually have to see physically all of them, but I was legally responsible for for their care and treatment. And doing that, uh, I was actually calling on sleep physicians. So sleep physicians are the type of specialists that treat uh, these patients. And I never really sold to those types of uh, groups before. So we're not actually even selling anything in particular, but it is building that relationship so that we can get those, um, uh, the prescriptions, and then we would treat those patients. And at that time, I wish that there was a book about healthcare sales. There wasn't anything out there. That's why I decided to, to write a book about it. So it's specifically to help people that are in uh, pharma sales and medical device sales. So if you, are, uh, if you work in one of those two areas, you have found the right podcast and the right person. And it just got released uh, earlier this year in March uh, of 2020. Check me how to win the sales game in healthcare. Um, and I'm still setting up my Amazon uh, site, but you can buy it off my own website. Um, And after that, I uh, kind of transitioned into uh, project management a little bit. And, you know, people were asking me for help. Hey, how can I get into pharma sales or how can I be better in pharma sales? And so I do a bit of uh, coaching and consulting on the side now. Got it. Got it. That's interesting, Albert. So I will uh, put out the link for the book in the podcast description so people can go check it out and buy your book. Um, And... All right, so let me jump straight into the questions that I want to ask you today. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah, so my first question is, uh, how sales work in the pharma industry? Like, uh, what are your daily activities as a healthcare sales consultant? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, so for pharma sales reps, uh, I would say that most of their day is uh, spent in a car. Um, and that's what I found when I was doing med device sales. So you have sort of, you know, some of it where you're doing a bit of planning, um, you know, outreach phone calls, outbound phone calls and emails. Uh, but then the other time is, you know, literally going door to door and uh, making those appointments with those physicians and explaining uh, what your product or service is. So in my case, I was telling them about uh, my particular CPAP clinic, uh, you know, where we were located, I would give them some brochures and I would also talk about the reports that would be available after they send their patients to us. And, um, you know, and doing that for a couple of years, it, it can be a bit tiring, right? Having to, you know, schedule those appointments and drive in your car and try to look for new locations and look for parking. Um, so that was that side, but now as a sales consultant, I guess most of my work is kind of home-based. If, if, if the client is locally based in Toronto, I can meet up with them in person. Um, but a lot of it is really digging deep into the challenges that are being faced by that person. Cause I really want to understand, um, what problems they are, they are facing. And then I can share some insights and strategies on how to reach that customer better, whether it's a, a deepening that relationship, because I think that relationship uh, between that that sales rep and the customer is is key here. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to solve their their problems. So uh, I see you're selling to doctors, right? So how do you equip yourself with all these medical terminologies and mm-hmm. uh, yeah? How do you speak their language? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it is difficult to speak their language because I would say the healthcare is a, it's a very confusing. Uh, industry with different acronyms like the same acronym can actually mean two different things sometimes and that has actually led to a lot of medical errors in the past so now whenever you're writing things you, you try and avoid uh, writing out in acronyms uh, but it's it's also you want to make it in a way that makes sense to them and, and ultimately their patients so for example uh, with CPAP machines it is ultimately about uh, better quality sleep for those patients and how um, this continuous positive airway pressure device, it, it, you know, opens up their airways and we were able to monitor now. So with some of the diagnostics that are available in CPAP machines, it was quite incredible. Uh, so for the most part, most patients are, you know, they use this machine at night when they're sleeping uh, and it, it helps them to get better quality sleep. But now the machines are so high tech, it's actually recording minute by minute and breath by breath. So I can actually look back to a certain time and then I, and say, okay, for this patient, we saw that at two o'clock, they took off the machine uh, while, when they went to the bathroom, for example. Um, and then we can even see the, um, the, 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 the breathing sort of pattern, you could say. Um, so it's not live. I can't like do it in the middle of the night, but in, in the morning, the machine actually sends a report uh, and then I can look on the, on a dashboard for, let's say, you know, all of my patients, I can see at a glance which ones are green, meaning they got good quality sleep, and which ones are red. So trying to explain that to a physician and be like, hey, you know, we're able to give this information back to you. I'm going to send you a report that's readable in, a, uh, in an easy-to-digest format so that you can have better understanding on how to treat your patients. So that was ultimately what we were trying to sell because uh, back in 2014, this was pretty innovative. There was no such thing as... Uh, these over-the-air updates uh, before most machines you have you actually have to take an sd card and put it into your computer uh, to get the data but now with these over-the-air updates the machines were actually kind of like a cell phone it could send this information each morning uh, to a central server and then we could log in and, and view that information got it got it so speaking of which do you see any trends in pharma sales 
Mm -hmm. I would say that pharma sales in, in Canada has, has uh, been undergoing quite a bit of change. Uh, for the most part, I would say it's kind of like a contracting industry. Uh, I mean, even though they say that Canada is, because uh, I'm located in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, um, you know, I think we're like the 10th largest market um, in terms of market size. Um, but I, I find that the pipeline of uh, medication is uh, getting smaller over the years. And then with that, it does result in less and less um, pharma rep opportunities. So, you know, the industry itself is, is I think, slowly contracting, but there still is opportunities out there. I think last time I counted in Toronto, there's at least, you know, probably 300 uh, pharma companies. So a lot of them are, let's say, the Canadian subsidiaries of multinationals, as well as there's a lot of smaller players. Um, and I find that some of the larger players are acquiring uh, or partnering with some of the smaller pharma companies. So there is still lots of opportunities out there. So uh, what are some of the challenges that you see pharma sales trip currently face? Mm -hmm. That's a great question, Sanjana. And I would say that the, the biggest challenge that they face is in terms of that uh, physician remembering you because there's so many medications out there. There's so many companies out there. They're mm -hmm. going to have a hard time remembering you know, who you are and which product you're currently representing. Yeah. Um, so I think building that relationship, that's sort of, and especially that face-to-face -face relationship. Uh, prior to COVID, that was sort of one of the main ways that uh, pharma reps would approach uh, physicians, uh, calling that office and uh, making a, an appointment and then showing up and having that 15-minute conversation uh, with that physician. Um, so, and it's something that you can't just do once. It's something that, you know, every three to six months at, at minimum, um, yeah. you have to be kind of revisiting and um, going through there, there could have been changes to the way the product is described. There could have been changed to the packaging or uh, the dosages. Um, and it, it ultimately it is also the marketing material. So what do you actually hand to that physician uh, and making sure that it's, so there's, typically there's actually two different types of materials. So the first is the uh, physician facing material. So that might have something called the product monograph that has more detailed information of uh, how that medication works. Uh, and, you know, let's say the, the dosage requirements and what they need to look out for in terms of signs and symptoms um, in terms of side effects to look out for the patient. And then the other half is the, the patient facing material. So this is typically a material that's written in a bit more of a visual manner so they can see what the, the medication looks like, how you take the medication. So for example, you know, when it says take it in the morning, they'll put sometimes a, a sun, right? To represent like taking something in the morning. If it's supposed to be taken with food, they'll, they'll put like a little picture with food. So really help uh, to enforce that consistency. Uh, of that medication. So I think those are some of the, the biggest challenges uh, that, uh, and I think even the information overload that I find mm -hmm. is also a challenge because the products are constantly changing yeah. uh, and there's new products coming onto the market. The reps themselves are, are having trouble understanding, okay, well, what is the new thing with this particular product? And then remembering it and then being able to relay that uh, to the physician. So those are a couple of challenges that I've noticed. Got it. So, uh, if you take the IT sector, uh, reps have started using videos in their sales process when it comes to outreach or prospecting. So uh, how does video fit into the toolkit of healthcare sales professionals? Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting question. And I find that particularly now during this COVID uh, pandemic, uh, the use of video has actually uh, increased quite significantly. 
Um, so several ways that this is occurring is because a lot of the physician offices were actually closing the doors. Um, yeah. Based on some recent uh, surveys that I read, about 50% of uh, physicians were actually closing their doors or reducing the number of visits. So that mm. means it's going to be harder for that rep to, to make that face-to-face -face visit, like I previously yeah. mentioned. So now that uh, um, the physicians are kind of using uh, different video tools here in Ontario, we have something called uh, OTN, which is Ontario Telemedicine Network. Um, as well as another platform, Zoom, which you may have heard about. And so yes. these, these tools are being used in their uh, appointments with patients. So let's say one-to-one -one, uh, calls. So I think that sales jobs do need to equip themselves to learn how to use those tools, right? How are you going to um, uh, host a meeting? How are you going to position yourself so that you can be clearly seen as well as heard uh, to communicate quickly and succinctly to that physician and um, and then the third way is actually in terms of uh, even outreach to those physicians. I mean, some of them are using email, uh, but I did learn that the HIPPO has an innovative way of using video within email. So that is something yeah. I have not really seen before. And then even when I heard about it, I was definitely excited to learn more about it. And actually seeing the video within an email, uh, I thought that that was pretty innovative. So I would definitely look, uh, encourage your, uh, the listeners to look into uh, HIPPO video as a specific product because it would really differentiate you amongst all of the other uh, sales reps that are out there. Got it. So uh, when it comes to closing deals, uh, do you have any tips for your fellow sales professionals? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The weird thing is in pharma sales, for the most part, we're, not actually, we're actually not uh, physically selling anything per se. There is no money changing hands. I would say it's more of an educational type of a role and that you're educating the physician uh, on uh, your product. Uh, and the way that you're measured typically is, you know, on, on your outreach. So let's say if you're able to, uh, within your territory, you're able to reach 80% uh, of those physicians. Um, that's something that you'll be measured on, as well as what's called the, the prescription rates. So for example, there's a way that they track um, the, the number of times that that physician has prescribed your product and you're also measured on that. So okay. by educating the physician more, the physician will be more aware of your product. Once they're aware, they'll prescribe it more. And then the, if there's more prescriptions, then your, your, your salary literally does, uh, they, they, they give bonuses based on your sales. So it is very much sales volume driven, uh, but you indirectly influence it through your outreach to physicians. So and what is that one advice that you want to give it away to our listeners? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm very shocked that the number of people that work in pharma sales and they have, uh, they don't have as, like a, a sort of a solid foundation about the healthcare industry. I mean, most people, you know, they've been to their doctor, they've been to the hospital, but they really don't understand some of the, uh, the dynamics and the strategies uh, and the policies that kind of uh, come into play. You know, even the way, even between Canada and the U.S. and internationally, there are different, um, you know, policies that impact um, the, the way that you communicate. So, for example, a lot of the materials here in Canada, they do mm -hmm. need to have either English or French. So, uh, and so you need to be kind of proficient in one of those languages when you're communicating with those physicians um, but I would say the number one tip is just to be persistent. I would say, you know, there uh, some, I find that some reps, they kind of get into the industry for a few years, maybe two or three years, and then they end up leaving. And it's not that they're bad salespeople. They're actually quite good, but then they just don't know about how to really build that relationship with that physician. You know, the physician is, is extremely busy. They see a lot of people. They're not going to necessarily remember your name and face, uh, but you kind of need to cut through that noise and being persistent and, 
um, you know, but at the same time, not annoying them, right? So you need to develop yeah. that relationship so that um, when they need something, let's say if they need more uh, materials or they need more samples or they uh, want to know if they have a specific question about that product, that you're going to be there to help answer because you're a resource. You're a resource for them. Um, and I think that's probably the number one tip I'd probably share. Got it. Uh, and uh, do you also sell directly to, your, to the consumers uh, other than doctors? Um, well, not, not to the public per se, uh, but I do have uh, coaching services that uh, pharma sales reps, if, they, uh, if they've heard my podcast, they've already gotten my book, uh, and they, they want to get a little bit more in depth, I, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have um, a few products. I mean, the one-on-one -on -one coaching is probably the most easiest one uh, to access, where I work directly with someone for a certain amount of time. I also have group coaching available where I host monthly calls similar to this on Zoom and it would be six uh, people and it's sort of a, a, a mastermind. So we're there mm -hmm. to help each other um, hear the problems that you're facing. And it, I find that it's, it's particularly useful for new uh, sales reps. If you're someone new to the field, you don't know anything about the industry yet, you have a job or maybe you're interested in getting into the industry. Uh, that's a great way to sort of arm yourself uh, with the best tips and strategies so that I can share my experiences so that you don't kind of make uh, the same mistakes that I've made. Got it. Uh, Albert, that was super insightful. Uh, I actually got a ton of insights on healthcare sales and uh, you should have given us a lot to think about uh, and I'm looking forward to learning more from you, Albert. Okay, okay. Should I share also uh, how your listeners can find me? Yes, yes. Uh, that I was about to ask that. So tell us where yeah. can people follow you? And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and where can people uh, buy your book? Mm -hmm. So for your listeners, uh, I'm actually able to offer any of you a, a complimentary downloadable copy. So just go to checkmatebook.ca um, sure. and sure. put in your email and, and anyone can get a, a downloadable copy. I am okay. on social media. So Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. You search for Checkmate Book. I have a pretty decent following on all those media there. Uh, and then my, my main website is healthcareheroes.co. Um, so I'm sure all the links will be there on your show yes, notes. Yes, yes um, it will be there. Yes. And, and looking forward to connecting with more of your listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Albert. Uh, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Stay tuned to our weekly upcoming episode with more sales and marketing leaders from around the globe. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more. Subscribe to get notified when a new episode is out. Also, please leave us a review if you're on Apple. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.